Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Are bugs ruining your evenings outside? Do you want to reclaim your yard from those pesky bugs? Well, Mosquito Marshals is here to help, to let their customers and their families enjoy living outside again. At Mosquito Marshals, their top priority is to keep their customers bite-free by providing the best mosquito control services in the industry. The goal is simple, to protect their customers' homes and businesses from mosquitoes, fleas, ticks, and they stand by their results. If you're not 100% satisfied, they'll respray your yard for free. But how do I know this? Because I have first-hand experience. Mosquito Marshals rode out to my house and sprayed my yard. Took them no time, and I haven't seen a mosquito since. And trust me, I'm just like you. In quarantine, all me and my daughters can do is go outside, ride a bike, play some ping pong in the garage. Don't let a mosquito mess up your good time. No, schedule your appointment today. You can give them a call at 662-715-1818. That's 662-715-1818. Or visit Mosquito Marshalls online at mosquitomarshalls.com. Mosquito Marshalls, serving Oxford, Batesville, Water Valley, New Albany, Pontotoc, wherever you are, they'll come to you. Mosquito Marshalls. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. You know what to do. Leave a five-star review. Also available in SoundCloud, Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. All right, for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and food of 247 Sports. No Brian Scott Rippey today because joining me for the hour, former Ole Miss catcher, Will Allen. Will, what's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> oh, doing well, man. Thanks for having me. What are you up to these days, bud? Uh, so I'm back in Gainesville, Florida. Um, I've been with Arthrex for a year. That's a medical device company. We specialize in orthopedics, trauma. Um, so I'm in the OR pretty much five, six days out of the week uh, during during surgery. So that, that's what I'm up to. That's a long ways away from a baseball field. <laughs> Yes, it is. It's a completely different world for sure. But anybody that knows me and my history, you know, I was somewhat injury prone and luckily, you know, stayed away from too many serious or too serious injuries. But I've had had a few surgeries here and there um, on my shoulder, knees, hands, all that stuff. So now it's 
kind of ironic that I end up on the other side of the room um, helping some doctors out with, with some cases that I'm actually pretty familiar with because I had the, the same surgery. So it's definitely not, not baseball, but it's, uh, it's pretty entertaining for sure. You got drafted by the Tigers, the Detroit Tigers. Talk about being injured, man. You tore your labrum, had uh, what, hernia surgery, sports hernia surgery. I mean, was that kind of the deal I with did. the Yeah, was that the kind of deal with uh, the Tigers? It was just a matter of being in the medical room every day? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I, I, I mean, yeah, I had, had some surgeries, and the timing probably wasn't, wasn't great and probably delayed my career path quite a bit. Um, but, you know, I, I got some – some full seasons under my belt and played well and had some opportunities. It's just, it's a tough game. And uh, I mean, kind of like you said, you got to be at the right place, right time. And, you know, somebody's got to take a chance on you. I, I was blessed to get the opportunity to, to get drafted. Uh, kind of what you said, I was drafted and during our super regional and the next day tore my labrum in a collision at the plate. Um, finished out the season. And then as soon as Omaha got done, had my labrum surgery. Um, anybody that's familiar with that, that's like a, a year and a half full recovery. Um, so I missed my first stint of pro ball, which would have been short season. Um, when these college guys get, get drafted, they go to short season, which is the back half of a season. So it's, you know, 70 games or something like that. So I missed that. Went to spring training, was still rehabbing, missed all of spring training. And I started with the 2015 class. So being a four-year senior starting a year late, I mean, I was 23 in short season. So it, it was delayed. And, I mean, at that point, you, you're you just playing catch-up. Um, it was rewarding just to, to have those memories and meet meet some really cool people and see a lot of cool places i mean that's a dream come true to play a game for a living even if it's what i five and a half years i played played minor leagues so pretty cool you hear all the horror stories about minor league baseball was it that bad (laughs) oh man there there's just something about a minor league clubhouse or a minor league bus ride that it's hard to explain um i mean the conditions aren't great i mean the pay's not great. The food's not great. The hotel arrangements. I mean, a lot of red roof ends, motels. I mean, had 13-hour bus trips. But you're getting in at four in the morning and playing at night. Um, some some stadiums are great. Some are not great. Some minor league cities are awesome and have a great time exploring those when you're not playing. But then some you're in the middle of nowhere, just nothing to do except, you know, sleep in and get to the field and play. And it's just the environment's so crazy just because, I mean, there's not another sport where you're going to play. I mean, even minor league baseball, you're playing 140-something games in 160 days. Um, And just uh, that's a grind physically, mentally, like such a long season that, that you have to go for, um, and you're you're with the same group day in day out. I mean, you don't don't get away from each other, but I think that's what kind of makes it so special too. Is like everyone is grinding it out, chasing a dream. You know, you're sleeping 
four or five deep in a two or three bedroom apartment, sleeping on the floor, couch. Um, and then at the drop of the hat, you know, someone can get hurt or not be playing well and you're getting moved up. And within, you know, eight hours of finishing a game, you're at a completely new level, new team, new coach. It's, it's something else. I mean, anybody that, you know, experienced it and got to do it, it's, there, there's nothing like it. Um, and I, I'm pumped for the guys, you know, that got drafted this year. That was kind of a weird, weird scenario, but it opened your eyes pretty quickly to minor league business is a, or minor league baseball is definitely a business. And you, you got to kind of have a, a one track mind and, you know, brush the stuff off your shoulder and just go out and play. I was smacked in the face with the reality of minor league baseball when I went up to the Redbirds-Iowa Cubs game. And Chris Coglin's yeah. playing for the Cubs. And this is an older Chris Coglin. Yeah. But, look, I was in school when Coggs was playing third, Coes at shortstop. I mean, this is the Ole Miss of Ole Miss players, right? This is Coggs. Oh, yeah. And I walked yeah. down there to the locker room to talk to him, and he's just playing cards with a bunch of young bucks. And there's not many people oh, in the yeah. stands. And all I could think was, is this is minor league baseball, right? Everybody wants to get to the bigs. But when you get drafted, like Servideo going to the Orioles or Keenan to the Mariners, <laughs> you're not the Orioles and the Mariners right now. That's not what you're dealing with yet. Oh, no, no. Yeah, there, there's a lot that goes into to making it. You know, I wish those guys the best. Both of them had great careers and uh, obviously awesome starts to this year um but yeah they're they're gonna you know snap their fingers and hopefully hopefully just be be head first in it and it's it's unlike anything you can really even explain um it's a lot a lot of learning and just getting accustomed to how things are done but yeah like you said i mean i had family like extended family cousins that you know, I I'd played baseball since I was seven, and then I'm drafted, and they're like, oh, like, can't wait for you to come see you in Detroit. How's Detroit? Like, where are you going to live? And I'm like, dude, that's, <laughs> that's a long way away, you know? Like, hopefully it's, it's in the future and maybe a year or two, but, I mean, who who gets drafted and is in the big leagues? Like, that doesn't happen. Yeah, you were in Erie or something, you know? That, that's where you're going. Yeah, yeah, Erie, Pennsylvania. That's about as close as I got to, to Detroit. So, it, um, different different lifestyle and just you got to roll with the punches. I mean, there there's horror stories of bus rides and hotels, you know, no hot water, you know, roaches crawling around. You're eating PB&Js and... You're, you're not playing in front of, you know, all the fans at Yankee Stadium or you don't walk out and see people, you know, holding up signs for your name. And, like, it, it's you're a baseball player. You're not, you know, your name. Like, people don't really zero in on you. I mean, it's, it's a business. It's, it's different for sure. See, and that's the thing. Coming from Ole Miss – you were a fan favorite. <laughs> Cogs is an all-time great. And Cox told me, it was like, look, it, that was a little bit of a culture shock because, look, you're celebrities around Oxford, right? I wrote a story about you, oh, yeah. Omaha Week, because 
your hair became a huge story. Everybody wanted to talk about Will Allen's hair. So I wrote a story about it. <laughs> and that's just, it, it was oh, like yeah. a celebrity culture with baseball. It's like that still with Ole Miss. But yet when you go on, oh, yeah. you're just nobody again. And I remember Cox told me when I talked to him there in the bowels of AutoZone Park, which is just a dump at this point. Um, and he said, look, my number one advice for guys getting drafted, and since Servideo and Keenan just got drafted and they're about to go start their careers, they can take this advice too. He said, you're a one-man business. No one else is looking out for you but you. You need to look out for yourself first and make all decisions as selfishly as possible. Oh, 100%. And, uh, I mean, Coglin was, I mean, around it longer than I was. But, uh, I mean, that would be the probably the biggest, advice I could give any anybody just enjoy it because I mean it's it's such a blessing to get that opportunity and very few people do and I mean you're in whatever the 99th percentile of people you grew up playing with you know to reach that point is is such a you know big feat like in and of itself but you can't go into it thinking like yeah, like it's it's not a college baseball team where you you could have a bad game, but if you guys win, you guys sweep, like you're still enjoying it. You're still partying with the team. You're still seeing the fans after the game. Like nobody's gonna care that you didn't play well, but y'all won. Like the fans, everyone just wants you to win. In pro ball, like I mean, it's cool to win, and I played on some teams that went into like deep playoff runs and you know, different environment than Swayze in a regional or, you know, coming back from Omaha in a reception, but like, it's still a pretty cool environment. Like fans kind of get into it, but like, if you're not playing and your team's like, if you're not playing well and your team is winning, like you're still at in jeopardy of losing a job of being replaced of getting moved down and like not, not playing as much. And I mean, it, it comes to an end for everyone at some point, whether it's, you know, you just get sick and tired of the business and being a pawn in, in that game and just, um, you know, really being being around for the prospects, the quote-unquote prospects to play and get ready and develop until they get to the big leagues. Like, or, you know, someone will tell you, hey, you're not good enough anymore. We're going to – you know, sign this guy from college or sign this high school kid. Like you have to look at everything selfishly. And it's, it's so counterintuitive to what you learn in a college baseball locker room. But at the same time, like it's your career and you have to take control of it. Um, you know, I, I, right when I got into pro baseball, like I, I had a minor league trainer who I didn't necessarily see eye to eye with on my rehab protocol. And, you know, I was kind of at a loss. I just said, you know, the surgeon who did my surgery, James Andrews, best in the world, does every big-time surgery, he gave me a protocol. Like, I would like to follow that rehab protocol. And, you know, the Tigers are saying, well, we have a different protocol. This is how we want to do it. And, like, looking back on it, I mean, I did stand up for myself and kind of, we, we kind of met in the middle, but at some point, if you think something's better for you and your career path, like you have to chase that. And I mean, I can only speak for the, the organizations I played for, but 
I would imagine it, it's pretty similar around minor league baseball. You know, you're one of 150, 180 guys that, you know, they they want you to, to perform and move up. But if it's not going to be you, it's going to be someone else. What do you miss most about ball? Oh, man, uh, so much. Probably just the relationships. Um, I mean, just you look back and just have such fond memories of, I mean, even those those crappy times on the bus trips and hotel rooms, just, I mean, being with your group of guys going through the ups and downs of a season. Um, I mean, those, those relationships, you know, are going to last a lifetime. You have a special bond in a clubhouse. And I mean, it, it's very, very cool to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And, that's probably my my biggest thing. I, I loved pro ball and getting an opportunity to to go on and play. But I mean, looking back, I mean, the most fun I ever had playing baseball by far was at Ole Miss. I mean, just I mean, such a special team, such a special coaching group that led us. I mean, you're learning so much. It's such a integral time of your life. I mean be 18 to 22 years old just learning how to be responsible and respectful and accountable and everything combined just with doing it with your best friends and you know having a great time doing it I mean, it's, it's a special place and i mean by by far my, my fondest baseball memories go back to swayze and Ole Miss and that program Look, the last time Ole Miss has been to Omaha was that 2014 team. You were the captain of that team. Chris Ellis in that closing out game was warming up to close out a one-run ninth inning. So what was going through your brain when Herzog hit that triple? Because that was completely, completely surprising to most people in the stands. Was it surprising to you guys? Oh, man, I I don't know. I, I think it was just pure joy and just, hey, I mean, next man up, like whoever was in that position, I, I think was was going to perform just because we had all worked so hard. We all had faith in each other. We all supported each other. Uh, and that was such a big moment, just Ole Miss baseball history, just to, you know, we're, we're right on the edge. We're, you know, we're so close. Make a statement like that, it was it was something else for sure. Did it meet your expectations the moment once you clinch and you're going to Omaha? We're going to get right back to Will Allen, former Ole Miss catcher, team captain, fan favorite, after I tell you briefly about Brendan Chapman of Homer Skelton Ford and Olive Branch. Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by Brennan Chapman of Homer Skelton Ford and Olive Branch. That's right, Brennan. He spent eight years on the football staff at Ole Miss as a recruiting analyst, as he detailed brilliantly in a recent interview on this podcast. But he's out now. He's out of the game, having joined the family business, where his goal is to be with you through every step of the car buying experience, from purchasing to financing to servicing, all the way to the purchase of the next vehicle and the one after that. When you arrive on the lot at Homer Skelton Ford and the Branch, you'll quickly realize that this is a family business, which I can personally vouch for because I recently went through this process with Brennan. 
And I can safely say, if you're in his area, there's no one better to contact to help you find that car you've been searching for through someone you can trust. So reach out to him today at brennanchapman.com. That's B-R-E-N-N-O-N chapman.com. Whether it's shopping new or used, Brennan can help you out. That's Brennan Chapman of Homer Skelton Ford in Olive Branch. Yeah, for sure. It uh, man, it was it was something else. The celebration, just uh, I mean the, uh, I mean, yeah, pure joy. Just so, so much hard work and, and dedication from so many people. Um, and I mean that that's a lifelong dream just to to play on on those, I mean, platform and and have a fan base that is as passionate as Ole Miss and to do that for them and then do it for each other, your teammates and stuff. And then just the coaching staff, I mean, how much time and effort and energy they, they put into helping us develop as players, as people, as students. I mean, just a ultimate reward for sure. And I mean, Coach Bianco deserves, you know, everything he's gotten and just, I mean, have the most respect for him and his program and, I mean, I think that was, you know, a huge, huge time in Ole Miss baseball and the, the history. And I, I think there's, you know, obviously bright days ahead. I mean, you have no idea what this year would have brought, but I know it was fun to watch. And I know how talented that team was. And I mean, they were they were so hot that you got to think that they're gonna, that they would carry that into, you know, SEC play and throughout the season. And, now, now it's just a, you know, what if, but looking forward to next year. I mean, now being a fan, I go through all the, the same, you know, anxiety of, you know, who's coming back, who, who's going to be in the weekend rotation, you know, who's, who's going to take Sir Video and Keenan's role and everything. It, it's just cyclical. You're going to be, you know, go from – a Florida kid not knowing anything about Oxford, Mississippi, or Ole Miss, to, you know, lifelong rebel. So I'm in it now. What was the sense of relief like once you do clinch that? Because y'all wore that. Y'all knew what Ole Miss fans were feeling. It was like a tipping point in Ole Miss baseball history. That moment in Lafayette, Lafayette, excuse me. I'm going to screw that up to the day I die. So in Lafayette, <laughs> y'all kind of knew yeah. it, right? Y'all felt it. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, there there's so many external factors of, you know, that scenario and, and what, you know, the situation was. But we knew the history. We knew since my class had been there, so, you know, I was a senior. From my freshman year, we go from, you know, not, not making a regional to going on the road to A&M and Raleigh and losing in those to, I mean, I, I don't know, arguably one of the best seasons in Ole Miss history. Like, it, it was very special, but it, it meant a lot to to that class and to that team for sure, just to be able to do it, you know, the way that we did it. And I, I've talked to so many people about it. Like, yeah, we, we did have a chip on our shoulders. Like, kind of like this team, I mean, from this past year, like we were picked to finish sixth in the West, 
and then to go out and win the thing, like, that was a statement. To go on the road and, you know, at the number one uh, ranked team, like, to go head-to-head with them, like, we were looking forward to that opportunity to compete and pretty much show them what, what we were about and what SEC baseball is about. And it was a, a heavyweight fight for sure. That team was ultra-talented. Um, I mean, I don't know how many people remember just the amount of home runs those guys hit, but, I mean, they had an unbelievable season. They didn't lose back-to-back games all year until – it counted in the supers, so it was a, uh, it was special. It was definitely a sigh of relief and um, really just something that I think all of us will remember for a lifetime. Just the that feeling of you know accomplishing one of our our major goals since you know the time we stepped foot on campus. So I've heard this story. I think I heard it from Sykes. You lose game one, and you're getting on the team uh-huh. bus. Everybody's being quiet, and then Christian Trent steps up, starts patting his left shoulder, and says something like, "Don't worry, guys, I got this shit." Hundred percent, hundred percent sure. Like, and at that moment, like, see, that was what made that team special. Like, there were moments like that throughout the year where you're like. I wouldn't say doubting, but you're like on the borderline of, you know, starting to let some negative thoughts creep in and and then somebody's personality just off the cuff will make a comment, will, you know, stir the pot and just get people going. And like for a team that, you know, had as much success as we did, were on the ropes and it wasn't like, you know, people weren't pouting or anything. It was just we were all kind of taking a minute to, you know, think about, well, damn, like, not how we wanted to get off, you know, game one, but, you know, come out tomorrow. And then just strolling on the bus, like, whatever it was, just his personality, the, you know, he just hops on, cracks a smile, and he's like, I don't know what everyone's sad about, like, or down about, like, pats the left shoulder, says, Tomorrow, this guy's this guy's getting it done, and like bus just lost it, goes crazy. Everyone gets hyped up. We go to like team dinner, and like you would have no idea we lost. You know, we're we're cracking jokes, getting after each other, talking about tomorrow. Like it, it was, I mean, perfect timing, and just the essence of somebody somebody picking up the slack when we needed it for sure. You caught him. He didn't have overpowering stuff, but yet he could get anybody out, especially on Saturdays. He had a little bit of trouble on Fridays the next year. But as a Saturday starter, not with overpowering stuff, what made him so good? Man, I I will say this, I mean, to anybody who asked a question like that, I mean, one of – I mean, I had the pleasure of catching, I mean, so many – unbelievable pitchers at Ole Miss. Um, Great stuff, great competitors, great, I mean, future big figures, uh, I mean, record holders, I mean, you name it. But one of the most enjoyable, almost easy games to catch was Christian Trent because 
he just located like whatever it was, breaking ball, change up, fastball, both sides of the plate, whatever pitch, whatever location, he was going to hit a spot. He was going to compete. He was going to be just steady Eddie. And like, I mean, in college, it's hard to find a guy with three pitches that's going to throw strikes for all three of those. And I mean, you see, you you see like a lot of college hitters will struggle when it gets past two pitches. Like, I mean, if a guy has a great fastball and a great breaking ball, like he's probably going to have some success in the SEC. But if you throw in a third pitch that you can throw in any count for strikes or right off the plate and get people to chase, like it, uh, it's something special. I mean, we, we had a few of those guys. Um, Weathersby was another one that was great, super easy. Matthew was always around the plate. And then, I mean, just go down the line in different years. I mean, Chris Ellis, stuff-wise, great. Uh, Greenwood, great. Bobby Wall, Mike Myers, Brett Huber. Like, all those guys, like, stuff-wise and just competitive nature, like, unreal. But you could almost relax. I mean, and I, I, I could tell, you know, O2, breaking ball, I know I'm going to drop down and block it. You know, he's not going to miss up in the zone. He's not giving up that O2 hit on a breaking ball. Like, he's going to bounce it. He's going to get him to chase. You know, or if we go O2 fastball, you know, he's going to miss four inches off the plate, either get weak contact or – you know, have a swing and a miss. Like, no, nobody was going to get those those cheap 0-2, 1-2 hits off Christian. And, yeah, just to back up Ellis that year, I mean, super, super special. Bobby Wall wanted to kill you on the mound. Scott Weathersby looked like he just walked off the intramural fields. <laughs> oh, man, Bobby, yeah. Both of those guys, I mean, some of my best friends. I lived with Bobby um, for two years. And, yeah, he's Super competitive, um, high motor for sure, um, and he he was all about just powerful stuff. And now, I mean, even more so. Now he's like throwing a hundred. So yeah, he he could be scary. Um, I, I, so here's a here's a Bobby Wall story for you. So we're the regional sophomore year out in A and M, and I'm catching, and Bobby's you know throwing as hard as he can, 95. He's juiced up in front of their fans, too. Nobody's on base. There's no reason for me to even have to, like, attempt to block a ball. <laughs> but he he spikes it probably four feet in front of the plate, where it's, like, one where I'm not going to my knees. Like, I'm going to just stand up and try to keep it off the umpire because the umpire gets hit that hard that early in the game, like, and I just bailed, it's not going to be a good game for us. Well, that ball does not bounce up. It skips right in to my right foot and just smoked it. And, oh, like, God. It, yeah, it just felt like a, a dead foot. Like, it felt like my foot had fallen asleep. And, I mean, I could barely put pressure on it. And after the game, get, like, an x-ray, nothing pops up. We finished that that regional you know unfortunately don't don't make it past the um championship i think it was tcu um 
And then I go to the Cape and start my summer ball season. And I'm playing for two weeks. And my foot is just killing me. And, I mean, had to go get another x-ray, get, like, MRI, everything. Well, I broke my middle cuneiform, a bone in your foot, like a middle bone, not even the bone that it hit. It, like, I don't know, the force went through that bone, through the middle of my foot, and just broke that foot. They said that I was losing blood supply, sent me home. So I'm in a boot, had my truck up there, had to figure out a way to get all of my stuff to the airport and then fly home just to get double checked out, you know, back home, make sure I didn't need surgery or anything like that. Um, But long story short, my foot was fine. Didn't have surgery on that. But yeah, that's one of those instances where a guy with that competitive nature and that good of stuff, then put him on the road against, you know, rowdy fan base. He's a little too juiced up. Get smoked in the foot, and that was it. Had a broken foot. How does that not show up on an X-ray? Oh, it was it was like a really, really. I mean, I don't want to say like fake X-ray machine, but it was a small, like mobile <laughs> X-ray machine that was right behind their stadium, like at their track and field stuff. So I don't know. I don't really, yeah, I don't know. We went over with Coach B and our trainer at the time. Nothing really popped up. We're like, you just got a bone bruise. And I was like, sure don't feel like one. And, you know, my my mentality, you tell me something's not broken, like I'm going to go do whatever I can, push it to the limit. I'm going to play every day. And I, you know, sure enough, like probably didn't help my case finishing that that regional and then going and playing, you know, 14 games in the Cape or whatever. Um, another same, same thing. My freshman year, I fouled a ball off my left big toe and didn't get an x-ray because I was told, you know, you can't do anything for broken toes. Um, played the rest of the season. This was at the end of the season as well. This is why I didn't go play summer ball my freshman year, um, which is true. You can't do anything about broken toes. What we didn't know is that it was dislocated, and you can put a dislocated toe back into place, but we did not do that. Um, and so now I have a toe that healed dislocated, um, and anybody that has seen it is grossed out for sure. It's disgusting. See, there you go. After all that, fan favorite, Captain at <laughs> Ole Miss, go play some minor league ball with the Tigers. All that you're left with is a dislocated toe. Going to hit pause on this edition of Talk of Champions for just a second to remind you, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and food of 247 Sports. Will's joining us today on the Modern Woodman phone line. So let's hear from Modern Woodman, as well as B&A Bank, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Are you tired of working 9 to 5 for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. 
For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Oh man, that that among other things for sure. But no, I I'm, I did have my fair share of injuries and everything. But I I mean I don't know. I I think I I made it out pretty good to not have anything severely wrong or you know traumatic injuries or anything like that. No major concussions. I, I was. I was pretty blessed in, in my career, for sure. See, but that's the thing with catchers, because I watched this. I'm a Braves fan, even though, God knows, I don't even know if we're getting baseball this year. But every time you watch your favorite team and the catcher takes a ball off the arm, off the shin, off the foot, a fastball that's 95 yeah. miles an hour, I can't even imagine the pain of that. And y'all keep catching. I don't know how you do it. No doubt. Yeah, I, I'll be one of one of the first people to tell you when I watch a baseball game, like that's what I'm watching. I'm watching the catcher's reaction to that ball, you know, that hits the nerve on the wrist or the ball that skips into his cup, like, or hits, you know, that, you know, flesh on the inside of your thigh. Just how is he going to react to that? Because I know how I reacted to it. And I mean, my goal was to, you know, make sure nobody knew that, I was back there, make sure it was smooth and effortless game. And there were so many times, you know, I'd take a ball off the side of the throat or, you know, the cup or the wrist or something. Yeah, it sucks. But I mean, you kick, I mean, you take pride in, and that's your position. That's why you're back there. You kept the ball in front of you. You kept the runner from advancing. And I will tell you, Ole Miss, the amount of, I mean, catcher that they put out recently is unbelievable. But, I mean, you look at their coaching staff. They're all catchers. They're all demanding on that position. And, uh, I mean, it's a mentality. Like, you you have to be, you know, very competitive. You have to have the right mindset and just be mentally tough. I, I mean, there were times when Coach B would say, I mean, this would go for all positions, but especially catchers, he just said, Look, if you get hit by a pitch, if you get a foul tip to, you know, the mask or the neck or the cup, wrist, whatever it may be, like, I'll come out there. Like, I'll give you time. I'll come out there. We'll send Josh, you know, trainer out, check you out. But, like, if you're good and you're going to stay in this game and know you're good, then run to first base or throw the ball back to the pitcher. Get down and, like, get ready to go. Like, I don't I don't want to, you know, that fake – rolling around on the ground, oh, my gosh, everyone look at him, he's he's hurt, and then get up and everyone gives you a standing ovation because you're so tough. Like, Coach B's thing was if you're not hurting that bad you're not coming out of the game, then let's get on with it. And, I mean, I think we all kind of adopted that mindset and 
pays off. It does. I mean, that's a, a big life lesson for sure. For sure. Yeah, because catchers don't have sympathy for other catchers. No, no shot. We've been there. We know. We know what that job's like for sure. Well, you bring up a really good point because Coach B, he's so demanding of his catchers. He acknowledges it. That's his position. Mike Clement, that's his position. This is who they are, Carl Lafferty. And after you, you're right, the amount of catchers that yeah. Ole Miss has produced, be it Hayden Dunhurst now or Nick Fortes, Cooper Johnson, what is it about catching at Ole Miss that is unique to Ole Miss? Um, I think it's a combination of things, but probably the, the biggest thing you just said right there is just I don't know if there's another place in the country where the whole coaching staff caught. So you have different views, different personalities, different learning experiences from each one of those coaches. And I mean, just the amount of effort and attitude and mentality just that they demand back there. I mean, is unprecedented. You're not going to get that anyplace else. And I mean, they work you so hard, but like for good cause, like for good reasons, you're going to have, great catchers who are good leaders who can you know manage a game you learn how to call a game and you learn how to handle a staff and i mean when you get out of there like you're gonna have an opportunity to go chase your dream and play pro ball like that's just the fact like look at i don't even know from before when i got there to now how many catchers are had that opportunity and i mean just there's not too many places in the country, I, I would imagine, that have that same coaching staff advantage, I would say, when it comes to catchers. Like, it's, it's crazy. All right, I make you pick one. You're going to be biased, but I make you pick one. Errol Robinson, Gray Kessinger, Anthony Servideo at shortstop. Who are you taking? Oh, oh man, that's tough. So, yeah, I am biased. I only played with one of those guys. Um, <laughs> man. Dude, I, I, that's put me on the spot. I can't even – yeah, like, obviously, firsthand, I know how special and integral part of that team Errol was for us. Like, that, that's – to do what he did as a freshman, especially, to come in and play every day. And just, you know, his hands at short and just the ability to have that confidence in yourself as a freshman, I mean, crazy. Like, I, I mean, that that really is a tough thing to do. Um, and just to hold it down for the whole year. I think he hit 300 that year in, like, the eight or nine hole, like, as a second leadoff guy. Like, that's crazy. Um, he's having a good minor league career and, you know, hopefully gets an opportunity to play as well. The other guys I watched a ton of. Um, I watched all those games. Um, I think Gray had a great career, very, very special junior year. Oh, man. I, I Yeah, I can't even – I can't pick one. Like, I, I could go on on all of them. Like, Servideo was great last year, and then this year, like, made that big jump and started hitting for a little more pop. Like, and uh, I don't know, man. I'd be thrilled to have any of those guys at short. I'll find a place for all three of them. That's a good captain's answer. Now, the bailout answer would be Zach Cozart. <laughs> yeah, see, that's, uh, I mean, yeah, like I said, 
I'm good with anyone. You 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 give me a shortstop, and I, I can probably find a place for him. It was you. It was Austin Bossfield, Austin Anderson, Sykes Orvis, Preston Overbay, Errol Robinson, J.B. Woodman. Do y'all still stay in pretty good contact with each other? Uh, it's hard. I mean, yes and no. Uh, I think it's one of those things where all of us would like to, you know, probably stay in a little more contact with each other. But, uh, I mean, that, that bond will never go away. And we're, you know, all great friends and, you know, hope to see those guys you know, at big events in the future, whether it's, you know, reunions, weddings, football games, hopefully some baseball games, go as a as a fan now, hang out in right field some. Uh, no, I mean, I, again, Sykes is probably my my closest friend. I mean, he, we roomed together, you know, my whole whole career there. Um, and then he, he was also at my wedding, so... I mean, other than that, like the other guys, I, I get to keep in touch with social media-wise and, and see what they're up to and what, you know, what's been going on in their lives. But, yeah, hopefully maybe get a reunion going at some point. Is Coach B good about staying in touch and keeping contact with guys that move on? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I can only speak for myself. Um, I, you know, I'll text Coach B, you know, on his birthday, opening day, I reached out to him when he won the national um, coach of the year stuff this year. And he'll do the same thing. Um, he, he always kind of checks in on me, especially when I was, I was playing, you know, may get a phone call or a text and just, you know, ask how things are going and what I was thinking about, you know, what's next or, um, yeah, he, he really is. He's a great coach and a great, great people person, great leader. And, I think that's a huge part of it is just being able to, you know, make those connections with people and impact their lives like Ole Miss program does. And then, you know, to have that lasting relationship is special for sure. So when you saw that he finally got his extension and that was announced last week, yeah. what did you think about it? Oh, I was pumped. I was pumped for him and the family. I mean, I actually, I, I did a big, big post on social media. I don't, post a ton um but that was one of those where you know i was i was pretty pumped with just you know that decision and i was glad that him and his family will be able to stay there and i mean i just i think he's a great coach i think he's done a great job and you know i wouldn't pick anybody else to play for and i mean really with him as a lead like I kind of touched on it earlier, but just that program just builds so much character in people. And I mean, it's almost impossible to go there and not become a better person, not become a better player. Um, I think they give you all the resources you could ever need. Um, and I mean, there was like a quote from Saban a few years ago, like if you fail here, then it's on you. I mean, that's honestly kind of my opinion about Ole Miss and baseball there. We know what Mike is like in public, but what is he like as your head coach? What is he like in the locker room? Oh, man, he's he's awesome. Uh, he's just such a great leader and, uh, I mean, an excellent, excellent motivator. Um, just his, his speeches, his, you know, will and just motivation to – to be 
relentless and excellent and just all the things that they instill in you, like that is him to a T. And I mean, he is very, very fiery, competitive, and just, he's the kind of guy you want to go to war with and for. And I mean, he's tough. He's tough. He's demanding. He's, you know, strict. And, you know, there, there are things in place that, you know, help that program be what it is. And, you know, a lot of it is, you know, staying on top of the players and being involved in everything, you know, how they interact socially with other students, fans, the Oxford community, how they are in the classroom, just their, you know, punctuality. Uh, I mean, I can tell you this honestly, I never missed or was late to a class because of that program. And I mean, I would take responsibility and, you know, probably be pretty good at, at making it on time and being in every class. But, you know, any absence I had was due to baseball and, you know, traveling or something, but uh, I mean, that's, that's what it is. They're on top of you from the time you get there till the time you leave and, you know, very demanding. And it's, you know, it's probably not for everyone, but like I said, if you want to go there and get better in all aspects of life, then that's the place to be. And it, it is, it's enjoyable, it's fun, and you reap the, the rewards and the benefits of it. And I mean, just to have that platform to play in front of, you know, best fans in the country, it's it's rewarding, but, you know, you got to put in the work and you got to be deserving of it, and they make sure you are. We'll get right back to Will Allen, former Ole Miss catcher in this edition of Talk of Champions. But first, got to break in quick and tell you about Allen Samuels Carcer Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy. We're all doing whatever we can to survive quarantine, right? It can be tough. We're making purchases to keep our sanity, to keep us happy. Maybe you're going on Amazon. Hit an add to cart, purchase. Maybe, just maybe, you're in the market for a new car. And if you are, I know the place you should go. The only place you should go. And that's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. But what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now, I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. If I myself have not had a personal experience with any sponsor, they're not going to be on this podcast. And my longest relationship is with Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Why? Because I can't say enough good things about Brian and Mason and the rest of the team. I don't like to haggle. I don't like to negotiate. I don't like the whole process of buying a car. With Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, you can avoid all of that. They're looking out for you. So give them a call today, 662-234-8000. You can stop by and see them at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, the only place to find your perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Self-isolation, quarantine, has brought about its own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Cheney's Pharmacy, they've earned your trust. You can count on them. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down. Give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays, 
You can find them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. We've all got our own set of problems. Don't let your pharmacy be one of them. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. What I always get a kick out of is after a bad loss, when he's got y'all in the outfield and he's talking, the dressing downs that come from Mike Bianco sometimes. Now, to be on the other end of that, I'm sure is not very fun. But when Mike is pissed. Hey, like I said, he is fiery, competitive. I mean, he wants to win. He wants you to, you know, demand more of yourself. And I have a ton of of stories early on in my career of, you know, interactions with him. And, you know, <laughs> not not all were, you know, whatever, PG-13. It, it is. It's, it's part of what you go to school for. But, I mean, you're going to learn. You're going to get better. And probably not going to make that mistake again. And if you do, your, your opportunities are going to be very limited. Um, but, I mean, a, here's a quick story. So I was going into my freshman year at Ole Miss. I was playing with Doolin's Dodgers, a team outside of uh, Oxford and Memphis, um, pressing over me. Those guys, like, were playing for this team. So I decided to go play with them. And one of the tournaments was at Ole Miss, um, get to play in front of the coaching staff. And I had met all these guys. I was already committed. I had already gone on my official. And, you know, I'm staying afterwards to talk to Coach Bianco. And my dad is saying, you know, hello. And, you know, just reassuring them that, you know, I'm a pretty good kid. I work hard and, you know, do the right thing and pretty motivated, self-motivated. And Coach B is kind of smiling and he says, that's good. That's good. And, you know, if not, if you're not doing the right thing, like, we we have ways to to change that. <laughs> and, yes, sir, sounds good. And, you know, I walked away from that conversation and my dad was like, you know what that means, right? And I was like, oh, yeah. And, I mean, we share stories all the time because he was a football player at Florida. And, you know, you hear horror stories about, you know, old school football coaches and, you know, things that were said or done. But, I mean, it's, it's comical. You, you get past it. You, you move forward. You get better. And, I mean, it's, it's character building. Well, the deal that I read recently, and when you're talking about old school coaches and stuff, is they used to tell you when you were running sprints, put your hands up over your head. Never put your hands on your knees and bend down. <laughs> and now a study comes out yeah. that says the best way to recover and to get more air in your lungs is to put your hands on your knees. Damn it! Hey, we, we all knew that. Whether there was science to back us or not, we all knew it was more comforting to put your hands on your knees and get your rest. <laughs> but that, that wasn't the reason. Like the reason was to make it suck. The reason was, hey, you <laughs> you're gonna get better. You're gonna learn from this. You need to embrace the suck. And I, I mean, it is what it is. I wouldn't be surprised if nowadays they force kids knowing that it's you know better to rest with your hands on your knees to tell them, hey, I don't care. Put your hands up on your head and, and suck it up. Like, one of those almost initiation things where we went through it and now you know we're going to start coaching and we're going to coach the way we were taught and it's going to go on for years who would you choose Ole Miss over um Florida was 
essentially what it came down to. I mean, through the recruiting process, I was for a time looking at Miami, Florida State, um, Coastal Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, and then um, San Diego State. But I mean, ultimately, it was it was here in Florida or Ole Miss in Florida. I mean, that's the hometown team. Why Ole Miss? Yeah, so, I mean, a few things. I grew up in Gainesville. I was a big Gator fan. Um, always thought if I had an opportunity, I would go there. But um, I'm glad I didn't. I, you know, kind of opened, opened that to, to see what what else was out there. And uh, I, I went to Ole Miss. I mean, saw a game against Alabama, 10,000 fans Friday night, saw the student section, um, saw the campus, saw the girls, met the coaches. Like, it was it was awesome. I remember that night just saying, this is where I want to go. And my dad said, you know, if they offer you, like, that's your decision. Like, we'll, we'll stand by at 100%. It's a long way, but we'll drive up and make it to as many games and series as possible. And Luckily, I had an opportunity there. Um, I think a big part of it, too, was playing time early. Um, I had a chance to to play early on, um, whereas Florida would have been more of, you know, maybe sit, maybe move position, play first, DH, talk about playing outfield. Um, And I I just – I really wanted to go somewhere where they wanted me, um, not where I was just, you know, another guy. And – Ole Miss, Coach Lafferty made me feel that way and really took an interest in me and, and my story and career. And, uh, I mean, ultimately, just the, the best decision I could have made. I mean, I, I owe so much to that coaching staff, um, that program. Just, I mean, I graduated, got my degree. I mean, went to Omaha, met my wife got an opportunity to play pro ball i mean i mean it was a dream dream come true for sure will will you could have just stopped at the girls everybody gets it <laughs> yeah yeah so that that was a part you, you hear about <laughs> it and they're not wrong and again i now now i am a fan and i'm just i'm an ambassador for old mess and i, I want to do my part and helping the high school guys who, who are facing a, a decision on where to go. If, if you need to know anything, just just listen to this. It, it'll work out well. That's what I'm saying. I walk down to that field after every single game to do post-game interviews, and the amount of girls that baseball players get <laughs> compared to every other sport, it's not comparable. <laughs> hey, man, that that is. It's going to be a, a huge determining factor for – some, I don't even know what what year twenty twenty one freshmen that yeah. are coming in. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna hear the same thing. Why why did you pick Ole Miss? They'll give you all the politically correct answers, and then off the record, that'll be part of it for sure. Yeah, and look, you lived in it, man. Let's be honest here, because we can't get out of here without talking about this. That last year, I would say that the true following of Will Allen. Everybody loved the player, the catcher, the captain. That's great. But, dude, I wrote a story about your hair for one reason. We were trying to tap into a demographic that you had totally opened up, and that's just girls wanting to talk about Will Allen, especially middle-aged moms. (laughs) 
Oh man, uh, good times. Yeah, it was uh, it was intense for sure. I, I still laugh at the the article you wrote. I still laugh at the Twitter account Will Allen Tear that you know late, a year later turned into Sykes Orbis's mustache. Um, it, I mean, it was it was funny for sure. Definitely, definitely a cool thing to be a part of and just <laughs> see see those interactions. <laughs> I'm shocked you never got into coaching, man. Yeah, thought about it. Um, you know, I, I still think about it from time to time. I I love love the game um, and love Ole Miss. And that, I mean, that time period, college, is it, such a cool time um, that I, I really did think about that route. Um, you know, I still still do. Um, maybe when the time's right, I would love to get back into, you know, baseball at some point um, and, and be just, I, I don't know, it's hard to put into words, but I, I look back at the coaches that I had and just how much I love and respect them for everything they, they did for me, that that age group in college, I, I think you can make a tremendous impact on people's lives um, when they really need it. Um, whereas pro ball is, more you know business and it's you know it is what it is I, I just for me personally if it ever came to that or the time was right it would definitely be college well covid's upended everything no so last thing here we know that covid and and all the stuff everybody's dealing with we don't know when sports are coming back when we're going to be able to get back to swayze but when we are able to get back <laughs> you're going to make your way over 100 percent, man i, I would love to. I, I've seen maybe one or two games as a fan, and that includes, you know, when I was in high school getting recruited, and then I uh, think in 2015, right before I took off for spring training, I think I was there, and I think it was 15 where I was supposed to throw out the first pitch and ended up, like, catching it. Um, but I saw that game, and then I left. So I think I've seen a total of two games as a fan. Um, when I do make it that way, I'm experiencing it all. I'm, I'm hanging out in right field for a little bit. I'm going to go up in the Diamond Club, hang out for a little bit, experience the whole thing. Man. I want to I get in, involved in it for sure. Well, we look forward to seeing you back here, man. Um, like I said, fan favorite, captain. Got nothing but love for you. Thanks for doing this too, man, for coming on this podcast, talking for an hour. It's good catching up. Let's do it again. Oh, man, anytime. You let me know time and place. I'm there. I appreciate the opportunity. Obviously, anything Ole Miss baseball-wise, I, I can talk for hours on. Hopefully, I'll get to, to see y'all soon and catch some baseball at some point. Would love to, to make it back, hopefully soon, for sure. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.